Bugs, 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 bugs. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about books, baby. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby. That's Lindsay. And that's Kayla. And today, we're, uh, we're going to take a step back from our books. And we're going to point out a show on Netflix that we ourselves would read if it was a book. And that show is... Never Have I Ever. Oh, snap. Okay. Who has seen this show? Everybody, it's perfect. Uh, Everyone needs to have seen this show at this point. Like, if you have not, shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on your cow. It, this this show is amazing. Quick overview of the story. Uh, it is about uh, Davy. She's a 15-year-old high school sophomore, and she is trying to revamp her image. And one way of doing that is by losing her virginity to the one, the only, the only, just drool worthy. Paxton Hall Yoshida. <laughs> yes. Paxton Holy Hall Yoshida. What a name. Oh my God. Yes. I just love him. And then, and then along the way, she's got, she's got the two friends, of course, that are just, and there's like twists and turns. You know, she's got an overbearing mother. And, and the whole time, Davy's Indian. So you have like her culture coming into play, which I'm so excited to discuss, by the way. My favorite cultural part was when she's ordering at Starbucks or at whatever coffee shop and she's wearing her sari because they're uh-huh. about to go to whatever event. The barista is like, is it Ramadan? <laughs> Just made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and honestly, because I laughed too, because I was like, I've done that before where I've walked in in like my Eid clothes. I've walked into like a Starbucks or something. And I was like, I know I'm getting so many looks. They're like, who is this white girl? And why is she wearing the, this outfit? But it's like, it's it's Ramadan. It's Eid. And then this poor girl's like, no, it's Pooja. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. So a uh, quick overview of the characters. Uh, main character is Davy. She's 15. She is young. And, and she has just gone through some pretty traumatic life stuff. Uh, which has left her with a pretty well, bad it, uh, image at school. It left her paralyzed for like a hot second. Oh, um, yeah. With her, after her dad died in front of her, literally the most traumatic way for a parent to go in front of everybody at the choir, whatever recital or whatever it was. And then she's paralyzed for like, what, a few, three or four months. Yeah. <laughs> she stands up so that she could see Paxton uh, without a shirt on, right? Because he uh-huh. was shirtless or something. And she like stands up to like peek over and look at him. <laughs> and I was like, it's a miracle. And I'm like, uh, yeah. That's yeah. Like miracles. <laughs> yeah, right. That was such a good scene. And then to describe Paxton, I mean, obviously. Um, just, ugh, hello. And isn't he like, in real life, he's like 29 years old. So yeah. Too gross saying that. Nope. <laughs> so these thoughts are completely fine, guys. All right. Okay. Like, even though he's playing like what, uh, uh, 17 year old, 17 year old, I was like, oh God, Kaylee, you're so gross. And then I'm like, oh, he's 29. I'm fine. 
if you didn't want to perpetuate this, you shouldn't have had him play a 17-year-old. That's all I'm saying. And then on the other side of things, uh, we have someone named Ben Gross, who he is also a high school sophomore. He is basically Davy's nemesis. He and her are always vying for the top spot in school. They're trying to always just outshine the other. That is their entire their entire existence uh, revolves around that. Like I really I liked that relationship. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I I saw where it was going with a bit of like not sexual tension, but like, oh, he likes you. And I I didn't like that. So that is one of the things that I didn't like that it was clear that where it was going was like oh, Ben likes you because he picks on you because he, you know, he was, what was he calling them? He calls them the UN and, and Davy thinks it's because Davy's Indian, Eleanor is Asian, and then Fabiola is half black. And I, I believe she's half Mexican. Basically, they're called the UN, and she thinks it's because, you know, they're an eclectic group. But then Ben Gross lets her know that it means unfuckable nerds and what an a-hole that that is so mean okay it's cruel and it's just not like i get that he also had like family stuff and like he was kind of neglected and you know whatever but to take it out especially if you do like the girl and that's why i hate this like perpetuating the myth of like or not even the myth because sometimes it is true but it's wrong boys will pick on girls that they like that they'll tease them that they'll you know make fun of them or whatever I feel like Mindy Kaling just could have done better than that when creating this character dynamic because it's just like why perpetuate that I think, I mean, spoiler alert in the end they end up kissing you know in his car by the beach and I'm just like I didn't want that to happen. I wanted her to be like, no, you're kind of cruel to me. And so I'm, I'm not about you. What I will say though, just in defense of that is that she hated him until the last second. Literally. I mean, yes. she did. I mean, yeah. she hated him until he started changing his tune. That's where I differ on my views because I'm like, all right, look, like, yeah, He was a jerk to her and she hated him and she let him have it. She let him know she hated him. But then he did start treating her nicer. He was, he started being more respectful. And I think it was at that moment where it's more like a redemption liking. He had redeemed himself and she now saw that actually we, we can get along. We can be friends. And I think that that's, that's the only difference I would say. Davy just should have more self-respect. Like even if he has redeemed himself, the fact that she was like, well, you were calling me unfuckable nerd, but now I'm going to kiss you. You know, like it just doesn't, it didn't feel right to me. You know, it's like have a little more self-respect, make him work a little bit harder if you're going to go for it. I see where you're coming from with that. Again, I I really liked that he actually did – to me, he did work hard because he – you know, first off, he tried to kiss her and she was like, no. And then he was like – she was like, it's okay. And then he was like – he went to go kiss her again. She's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to kiss you. You're being – like, no, we're not like that, which I thought was great. And then when she and her her mom get into a huge fight, then – 
who does she run to? She doesn't have her friends anymore because she was actually quite a terrible friend. She was a terrible friend. She was. Honestly, time management, Davey. That's all it takes. Yeah, but I mean, did does anybody have time management when they're 15 years old? <laughs> Touche. Anyways, so in the end, the only person she could run to was Ben. And and he welcomed her with open arms and was like, yeah. hey, I'm here. And then because her friends hated her, because she was a terrible friend, he actually went to them and and said, you guys need to come. You need to come and be there for her and all this stuff. And I, to me, that was his moment of redemption. Like, yeah, he let her stay with him while her she was in a fight with her mom, all that stuff. But then his moment of redemption was being like, she's going to lose this last moment that she has. I need to stop this from happening. And I think that was his true moment of redemption. Everything else up until that was just like, eh, you know, that's nice of him. That's nice of him. Yeah, but then that was his true moment. And then he drove her all the way to the beach. To me, I'm like, I get why she kissed him because that was a huge deal. Yeah, She could have missed that last moment with her dad. And because of him – she didn't. And I was just like, oh, God, good for you, man. Good for you, Ben. But I will say I am 150% team Paxton Hall Yoshida. Yeah. And can I just say how much I laughed when he when that guy was like, you're Japanese? And he was like, where do you think the Yoshida comes from? Yeah. I really liked uh, – it felt maybe a little too on the nose, but everybody had a different background. You know, like everybody came from all walks of life. Davy is Indian. Eleanor is Asian. Fabiola is mixed. And then she's also a lesbian. And then you have – Ben, who is Jewish, mm-hmm. and then you have Paxton, who is Japanese, half Japanese, right? And so I do feel like it was a little like, oh yeah, very on the nose. But the way that the characters are, they all worked well together. And and honestly, am I only thinking that it's on the nose because every other show that I see is all white people, probably. So like to see it actually play out with a very diverse cast where everyone is different. It's, it's interesting. It's odd. It's not something that's normal nowadays. And so I'm glad that Mindy Kaling and, you know, Netflix went for it. And I think it worked. It totally worked. And it was just as welcomed and, and warming and beloved as, as one would think it would be. I have a friend who he said that he never watched Seinfeld. He was like, I will, I will never watch Seinfeld. And I was like, why is that? And he's like, have you ever seen a black person on Seinfeld? And I was like, touche. <laughs> so I was like, no, I don't think I, I don't know that I have really ever. I actually, I really liked Fabiola's plot line as well, that she was like kind of scared to come out. She did. And it was trying to like tell her parents that you, she's like, she sits down and asks her parents, oh, that she's switching <laughs> to French. Yeah. Or they're like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. And I'm like, oh boy, wait till they actually hear what she wants to say. <laughs> Moving on. Let's to move actually- on to Kamala. Yes. Kamala is just the most beautiful person I think I've seen on TV in a freaking long time. She is literally just a goddess. She uh, she glows. She literally yeah. glows. I th- I'm pretty yeah. sure that she also, like, she doesn't just glow, but I think that she floats when she walks. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
I feel that. Yeah, yeah. I get that vibe for sure. Perfect hair. I I watched the show and then I Googled how to get curtain bangs or whatever she has. Like she has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want those. So basically storyline with Kamala is that she is in the States going to school, completing her PhD at Caltech. And she has a secret boyfriend named Steve who is played by Eddie Liu. He's not from India like her parents would want. No. And so she has a secret boyfriend. She's sneaking around with him. But her parents are trying to hook her up with an arranged marriage. And poor girl is like, how do I get out of this? And for a long time, she actually seemed like she was trying to get out of it. Oh, yeah. Up until like the last second. Literally the last second. Well, and it's only because Steve's hiding up in her bedroom. Prashant. Walks in and he's like, hottie mchottie. And Kamala's like, fuck Steve. (laughs) She's like, I'll get an arranged marriage. Well, and I I did think it was very interesting because she had talked to um, the other Indian lady at the event that they had gone to. um, And she had got a divorce from her. I think she had married a white man or something. She had married. She did not agree to the arranged marriage um, in any way. And so um, she was basically saying like, yeah, I got a divorce. I wish I had just done it, you know, did the arranged marriage. And so I feel like that was a bit kind of in the back of Kamala's mind that she was like, I don't want to upset my family, you know, but I love Steve. But then she's like, I guess I could love Prashant. <laughs> I could love Prashant. Okay. <laughs> and while I'm not Indian, I, I can say that it's a very interesting dynamic because my mother is of Irish heritage and my dad is from Algeria. So when they they married and they had four kids and and they were together for 23 years until they until they divorced. And so to me, I actually grew up thinking like, oh, like I can marry whoever I want. And then it it wasn't until I got older that I was like, you know what? To me, and and this isn't the case for everyone. I'm sure that someone could really find an argument where they're like, no, I can be I can be fine with someone who's like not my religion or not my culture or whatever. But there are some things that you find more important when it comes to your religion or your culture. You realize like, I I think that there are some things that I just can't actually give up. So that's what I will say. I I know it really must have been a a hard decision for her because honestly, both Steve and Prashant were hello. Uh, I mean, but, but they're neither of them are Nick Jonas. So I I don't, you don't like uh, her. Okay. I think it's very mean of me to say I don't like her. She has this tattoo that I just can't get over, and it has made me not like her very much. I don't mean to be an a-hole, but she has a tattoo that says, Daddy's Lil Girl. Let me just spell that for you really quickly. D-A-D-D-Y-S-L-I-L-G-I-R-L. She's going to have that. Until she's 80-something and wrinkled. I never noticed that before. You know what? I noticed it the first time I saw her, and I did not like it, and it stuck with me. That's <laughs> I'm sure so you're a lovely woman, Priyanka Chopra. I just have – I just find issue with that one thing. Honestly, what? I think we'd get, <laughs> we'd get along well. I think we'd become really good friends, and I'd be like, girl, you got to get that covered over with, like, a flower or a ladybug or, honestly, a picture of me, anything, just <laughs> taken care of. 
It's so um, funny when, when we were at the Jonas Brothers concert, Priyanka and Sophie um, Turner came out before the concert on like the VIP area. And literally you could see like the wave of people turn toward that because it's on across from the stage. Everybody like turned and just went Rah! and like started screaming and clapping. And then like the concert is starting and we're like, what way do we look? I, mean, I love Sophie Turner. I'd look at her all day long. She's adorable. She's one year younger than me and she married Joe Jonas. I know. I know. It's crazy to me. Honestly, I like your me. husband though. He's pretty cool. Like, I mean, my husband is, is pretty cool. Yeah. If you're not going to yeah. marry a Jonas brother, Patrick's next. Next Patrick, in line. Yeah, definitely. And he's, he's very tall. And the Jonas brothers are not tall. So. Well, honestly, who won here? Yeah, me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I just <laughs> did the math for you. This is what happens when we don't like not that we didn't plan this episode, but like usually with a book, you know, we kind of talk about like book club questions and, you know, you talk about your book and I talk about my book. Or if we do like one together, like we're, mm-hmm. we're pretty solid on like the timeline of the book. I feel like because this is a show. We're talking as friends. Yeah, exactly. It's not any type of official recording here. We did not really sit down before we started recording this and we're like, well, let's talk about one, two, three, four. Like we were like, well, we'll talk about the characters and then kind of circle back and see, see <laughs> we where we are. <laughs> we tried. Okay, you know what? I've got this. Okay, I'm gonna do this. All right, but yeah, in the end, I don't think that we have seen the last of Steve. I really, truly yeah. don't. I think he is gonna come back. He's gonna be stupid hot. She's gonna see him with a girl, and she's gonna get jealous. She's gonna get so jelly. It's not even funny, but. Another one of my favorite characters, Davy's mom. That actress is so good. She's also gorgeous. She's freaking gorgeous. Hello. And can we talk about the fact that Davy's dad is played by the guy who played Ravi in The Office? Oh my Kelly god. Really? Yeah. Kelly Kapoor's boyfriend in The Office. That is so funny. I knew he looked familiar and I never it never clicked with me. Well, also because I was kind of like, oh, he's barely in it. So I like I never like pursued actually looking him up. I was like he's I was hot. listening to him. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, I was listening <laughs> to his voice and I'm like, god, I just I feel like it doesn't fit his face. I feel like he should have an American accent. Why do I feel like this? And then I was like, oh yeah, he's Ravi. That's Ravi. That's yeah. so funny. So uh, yeah, he's, it's great. But yeah, like her mom is so good. Like the actress is so good at portraying this character. Very to the book. Very like strict. And, you know, there's this part. Uh, I don't know how accurate this part is, but there's a part at the very beginning of the show where her book almost falls and her mom's like, I already went and had it blessed. If it falls on the floor, I have to go get it blessed again and I just don't have time. And I was like, Zam, okay. Like, she's serious. Yeah. She is. And then, but then I love her character progression too. And so to tie her end with Kamala, there's the part where basically she, she catches Kamala in like a lie or something. And she's like, I think it's, I think it's when, uh, when Kamala, you know, has Steve up in her room and she's telling him like, you need to go, you need to go. I have Prashant downstairs. Like, this is just not going to work, whatever. She kicks him out. And then I think like, the mom's like, look, I'm not mad at you. And Davy's just like, I'm 
sorry. I have tried so hard my entire life to be this perfect child for you. And and truly, I'm not going to lie to you. Those flashback scenes with the mom and with Davy broke my heart. Oh, my God. Same. They broke my heart in a way. I was like, oh, my God. Like when the mom was just like, no, she's your daughter now. Yeah, that's what she said, right? She said, that's yeah. your daughter or whatever. Like, she's no daughter of mine or whatever. Yeah, like, like she doesn't get her. And it's like, yeah, it's okay if you don't get your daughter. Like, yeah. that's what being a parent is all about. Like, you don't get your kid all the time. But, like, just to be a child and hear your parents say, like, that's not my child or something along those lines, that hurts. And so to see – Davy, when that happened, to have her lose the parent, the one parent that made the world make sense. The the I think that their their family was as it was and was as cohesive as it was because she had her dad, because her mom had the dad. But then when he left, it was like that was the glue to the family. They really could, they really could be a good family together, just the two of them. But they needed to find common ground before they could stick together. They clashed a lot. Um, you know, that's like that personality thing, just completely different ends of the spectrum um, with both of them. But also a little bit, they're kind of the same because they're both very headstrong. And so that's also where the clash comes. Yeah, it, it broke my heart, that scene. But then it also made me understand really why Davy was so resistant to everything her mom wanted her to do. And then obviously her mom's like, okay, we're going to move back to India. Like, I'm sorry, but who does that? Your daughter is going through such a traumatic thing, you know, and I understand like, oh, family will be there. They'll help, you know, whatever. I mean, I guess if it's what's good for your family, but to uproot a 15 year old girl and move her to a whole nother country, she's going to have like triple the amount of issues that she was having in America. Right. Um, You know, I just feel like, I just feel like her mom didn't think that whole thing through. She's like, let's just go back to India. And, and Davy's like, um, fuck no. So I think her mom didn't give her herself enough time to to truly mourn the loss of her husband. Yes. She didn't. She's yeah. much so much of a perfectionist that it's like like okay, great. Now this, now this, now this, now this. Okay, we're going to get rid of his bike. Okay, actually and then it was like when she finally took a second and was like, "You know, what? I'm going to ride on that bike." She was like, "We're not getting rid of it. I'm not going to get rid of that." And so I really respected her for that for not getting rid of the bike. She was such a perfectionist. She was like, well, I can move on. I'm fine. And I think that, again, it's it's not – I wouldn't really go so far as to say it's like an Indian thing because to me, like, I know that <laughs> Arabs are, are very much – very similar way where they don't show as much emotion, like the men especially, but also the women, like, when they get older, a lot of times it's, you know, they don't like, they don't have to show very much and they don't like to give themselves away. And so I kind of got that vibe from her mom. She was trying to hold herself together. And in that she ended up lashing out at Davy because she's like, Davy doesn't hold herself together. Then I have to hold both of us together. I can't hold both of us together. Hold yourself together, Davy. But it's like, no, you both had to let go. You both had to mourn the loss of your husband. I do find it very interesting because like, obviously you kind of can empathize with the situation with similar cultures in that, you know, 
Yeah, or at least are different in the same ways. Like our cultures differ from just the regular American culture in very similar ways. Right, and that's kind of what where I was going. It's like I'm white as fuck. I don't even know what our culture is. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, we're just so like there. My parents would never act like that. Like my parents are so like. I don't want to say like submissive, but kind of like, oh, just kind of whatever, do your thing. Um, I mean, they were very strict when we were young, but like once course, yeah. Emma, and I, Emma and I hit high school, like they were a lot more lenient and just like kind of like, oh, go go ahead and live your life, you know, whatever. It's interesting for me to watch it. I'm honestly super fascinated with Indian culture. I babysat for an Indian family and I was reading for some reason I had like a lot of the books I had lined up were about had like main Indian characters for for a while there I read like three in a row yeah I remember when I did uh, the matchmakers list yes yes yeah. and so I find it very I'm just I don't know why I'm just so fat maybe it's just because so colorful and like you know they they dress up and and I'm like when the fuck do we ever dress up like fucking Easter I you know like <laughs> what is what is that for so so watching it on never have I ever and seeing it kind of play out in a 15 year old girl and kind of how she's Americanized, but she's yeah. also very still ingrained in her culture. I just found it very interesting. So, yes. Well, and so I have a friend named Kendall, and Kendall is, she's half white, half Indian. And so it's, it's so funny. And she and I have said the same things about ourselves is that if she goes to India, they look at her and they're like, you're not full Indian. But when she's right. here, they're like, you're not white, you know? Right. So, and it's, it's the same with me. Like if you were to show me to an Irish person like Ellie, I look, she's like, you're not Irish. And right. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then I go to Algeria. They're like, you're not full Algerian. I'm like, okay. You know, it's like, no, yeah. you, you, I look like a mix. Like my my mixture makes me look like I'm something entirely different. But it's like, no, these are the things that I am and I can't rewrite my DNA. Um, right. but, but Kendall and I had a discussion about this and we were talking about the fact that she was like, she said it was so spot on because I was very interested to know after talking to you is how was the portrayal of the Indian culture? How was it? Did you find it to be insulting? Did you find it to be spot on? She was like, no, spot on. She was like, it was spot on. And she said it was very tastefully done to her at least. Yeah. And then I asked her, what was the most spot on thing? Do you remember the scene where she comes in late and and her mom and uncle are there and they're like, where were you? And she said, I was out on a run. And they were like, this late? She said, she said, no, that's totally accurate she said uh, my aunts and uncles would have said the same thing yeah that is so funny funny. I asked her if there was anything any stereotype that was portrayed in there that she didn't like and she's like no she said everything to her at least everything seemed pretty spot on but again she's from a different her her mom is from a different part of India uh she said it's like across the country and you know we we all know that if a Californian goes to Florida, they're going to be like, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> no, That's I'm not. True. That's very true. I know that there were some with not necessarily just the stereotyping, but the actress who plays Kamala doesn't really have an Indian accent. Are you serious? Okay. How did I not pick up on that? 
Yeah. And that's the thing is they're really good. But I think that that's what I saw. So I saw an article that someone had said, like they had, they found issue with the Indian accents. They were like, why couldn't they have just had American accents since that's who the actors are or get actors who had real Indian accents. Sure. So I thought that that was interesting. Another thing that some people had issues with that I saw was her being in a wheelchair. They People felt like that was making fun of people with disabilities, that she didn't have real mental issues or whatever, and that it was a weird cop-out type of plot line, which I kind of understand because she did just stand up to see Paxton Hall Yoshida. Like, that was a little... You know, it was like, okay, was she faking it? What was going on? Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that was a little iffy in my mind. So I can see how someone with a real disability would kind of be like, it doesn't work like you don't just see a hot guy and stand up. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Yes. No, yeah, it's totally true. I think it was more in there for for the funny moment, really, because honestly, if they wanted to if they wanted to keep that in there, I think had they just kept her in a wheelchair the whole time it actually would have been it would have been better or at least for the season right for the season and then in the end she stands up to to run to the bedroom with Pax and Holly Yoshida I don't know just I'm just spitballing she stands up to get down to the beach to scatter her dad's ashes okay that's way better that would have been yeah (laughs) Mindy Kaling I officially like take back what I thought, let's submit your proposal. Yeah, Go truly, like, it was so good. And let's talk about that last scene for a hot second. So so really quickly, we're going to rush through some of the stuff that happens. A few times, like, she tries to have sex with Paxton Hall Yoshida. And I am all about that. Okay, I love, shit. sorry, just to go back, she literally just, like, walks up to him and is like, will you have sex with me? And he's like, you sure? I know. Does this, I like, does this happen in high school? I'm sorry. I, I was like, get it, girl. <laughs> you, you're just going to ask. That's one way to do it. You just ask. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets the chance. And what the actual hell does she do? She touches his six pack and leaves. I mean. And leaves, I, that's, Lindsay. That's. That's enough to be like, well, I, I, I did enough tonight. Oh, I got a long day ahead of me tomorrow. So, and can I just say also, I, poor Ehab, I'm always like, yeah, like, I just want a 12 pack. Like, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I want like a 12 pack abs. He's like, you know, it doesn't go up that high, right? <laughs> so I just want to point that out. So she tries twice to have sex with this guy. Twice. And like, and I thought the part, it was so cute when she's like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. She's going to go freshen up, you know, like leave him in like a mystery. And she meets his sister. So she has Down syndrome. She is just, she is so just sweet. Like her character is, and her character is really I think she plays a really important part too, because then in the end, Paxton's like, I don't know if I can be with her. Like, I can't, like, she's just a loser. I mean, I don't think he really calls Davy a loser, but he does kind of like, he's like, she's really nothing to me. And then Rebecca's like, wow, you are a douchebag, aren't you? Yeah. And it's like, you know, <laughs> she and makes I think- him realize that he is having these thoughts for like, what, for no reason or whatever. Exactly. And which I think is actually really kind of a beautiful thing to turn back to their relationship, because he didn't even want Davy to interact with his sister. And he's like, look, like, I'm not embarrassed by my sister. You know, I love my sister. It's one of those, okay, well, why are you questioning 
your relationship with her? Why are you keeping her a secret then? It's a very similar thing. Uh, not as very, not an exactly similar thing, but but it is similar to his relationship with Davy, where he's trying to keep her uh, kind of a secret. Yeah. He's trying yeah. to keep her hidden, and so I think that yeah, like his his sister just kind of let him burst out of his shell in that moment. He's like, I've yeah. got to fight for her, and and truly, you know, you and I are standing here with our names on on the on Squadcast with Team Paxton <laughs> Hall Yoshida and Team Paxton. And it's because he was never like he was sometimes a jerk, but actually he was a really nice guy. Very respectful. I always so, thought he was respectful. Yeah. Yeah. And like even when Davy was going around telling people that not telling people that she had had sex with him, but more omitting the truth. Right. He didn't embarrass her by telling pe- by telling people the actual truth, which was that they right. never had sex. He right. didn't actually – he didn't go around embarrassing her like that. He just left it as it was, which I was like, that is the nicest thing. That was yeah. so nice. I agree. I feel like that was a really good um, – a nice way to see a popular guy because you basically – you always see the popular guy acting how Ben acts, you know, and Paxton is – is kind of has this this clearly this aura about him where he's like oh ha 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 I'm above everybody because also he looks like he's fucking twenty nine years old you know yes you are yeah <laughs> but then he also I like that when they also have like such a good personality too it's kind of I I'm kind of calling it the Darcy complex where they act like they're above everything you know they're either rich or like they people are like below them you know that's the popular kids in school yeah but then if they actually have like a heart in them where they're actually kind of like a little awkward around people that they don't know. That's who Darcy is. That, so. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Like that's who, that's who Paxton is. Right. I mean, it was so nice because it's like you have this group of friends that's called the UN. Right. You know, the uneffable nerds and, and they're just standing there and then he walks up and he's just like, Oh, Hey, hi guys. You know, and he talks to them and it's, that's the thing about that I really liked about him was that he he was so cool that he didn't care who he talked to or who he looked at. Like they were his friends, you know. Right. Personally, I think he's much better than Ben because at least he didn't, you know, he didn't do that. You know, he he didn't call her a horrible name the whole right first the whole time the show. Who do you think would have narrated? Paxton Hall Yoshida, if he had his own episode, like Ben had uh, Andy Samberg narrate his episode, who do you think would have narrated Paxton Hall Yoshida's episode? Brad Pitt. Okay, I see that. Like, I just, I have this just like, kind of sort of like lower gruff kind of voice. Okay, I see it. Yeah. But okay, and like, can we just talk about the the fact that the person who narrates Davies' life or Davies' whole story is yeah. John, John McEnroe, yeah. <laughs> which is a tennis player that her dad watched growing up, or yeah. that her dad watched while she grew up, I should say. Right, Lindsay, I have a very serious question to ask you. Yes, please do. Who would narrate your life? Who would narrate my life? Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. I'm. I gotta think about it. I want to say like Reese Witherspoon. Mm, I like it. Kind of bubbly. Yeah. And like, yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Lynn, who would narrate mine? Who would narrate your? Emma Stone. I see that. 
Emma, Emma Stone. Stone. Or Emma Watson. Ooh, I could do that. I could do I that. Could do both of them. Yeah. I would be okay with that. Yeah. I would have Reese Witherspoon narrate my life. And okay. I, think I could see you as Emma Stone or Emma Watson. I feel like Emma Stone just has that. Like, Emma Watson has such a lovely voice. So yes. if my voice was more like this, I'd be like, yeah, Emma Watson. But, like, That's my true. voice is like this. <laughs> it sounds like my but, voice sounds like uh, like one of those old trucks, like the one Bella drives in Twilight. Like, if it might have just jumped up on the curb a little bit. That's kind of what my up. voice sounds like. Shut up. No, it doesn't. Um <laughs> No, but it's not about the sound of your voice because Davy has John McEnroe. He doesn't sound like Davy in any way. Touche. But I feel like oh. me and me and Emma Stone are like soul sisters. Okay, I like. We're, that. we're like I could sit down with her and have like a cup chicken of tea. fingers or yeah, or a cup of tea. Yeah, like yeah. chicken fingers or a cup of tea. The same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, see, that's why Emma Watson would do yours. That's true. That's true. What's in with yours? Oh my god. Uh, so, if this were a book, what would make you pick it up off of the bookshelf? Well, I know that they say, like, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah. But, like, we all do to a degree, right? That's true. So, like, it, it would have – I think it would have to have, like, a really fun cover. Maybe, like, a picture of – first off, a picture of Davy on the front. Like, not – you know, a drawing of Davy. Maybe with her, like, with sunglasses or something, like, dipped below her eyes. where And Ooh. then, like, just kind of awkward looking. And, like, having Paxton Hall Yoshida in the background. Because what that would do is it would show me that there is diversity in this mm-hmm. book. First yeah. off. You have a character who is clearly Indian, and mm-hmm. she's dressed as Eleanor says. You look like a Kardashian. <laughs> have her be dressed like like that, and then have Paxton Hall, handsome Yoshida in the background, dressed like a like a Greek statue, Shirt, like shirtless, shirtless, Ooh, obviously. Okay, this oh. cover. I'm I'm envisioning this cover in my head. He'd be in the background like a Darcy statue. You know how when Elizabeth is walking through Pemberley and she sees this, the uh, the bust of him? Yeah. Let's do a bust of Paxton Hall Yoshida. <laughs> Can I get that? that? Do you think I yeah. could get someone to make me that? It's going to cost you a lot of money. No, I'm with you. I think that it would be it would definitely be a young adult book. Oh, for sure. Um, that's definitely what I'm picturing. I do think it's gonna it's colorful, you know, with a, a little drawing of Davy and Paxton Hall Yoshida, maybe Ben and Eleanor and um, Fabiola, Fabiola. Like, kind yes. of background. Um, I think that that would give it a really good, a good, you know, it, this is a story about high school students vibe. I mean, would it say written by Mindy Kaling? Probably. Oh, I'd ab- be- literally, she could, what's her face? Davy could be, have like a book. She could be holding a book and it would say on the book written by Mindy Kaling, really? right? Perfect. Yes, it would have. And then also it would have Paxton Hall Yoshida in one back corner, yep. Ben in the other. And then it yep. would have maybe like Fabiola and Eleanor just like standing by her side. And like truly just the cover alone would show you how amazingly diverse this book is and how yeah. fun it is too. Yeah. I mean, you have a book called Never Have I Ever. Every single one of us has played that at some point yeah. in our life. Like, 
Yeah. Everyone. And definitely in high school. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And so like – and then, you know, to to bounce off of that, I would say how would you describe these characters? Like if you were reading a book, what would be – what would you want to hear as the description of these characters? Now, granted, I think if it were a book, it would have to be – I think, and we think we've talked about this, it would have to be multiple POVs. Yes. Yeah. I definitely would want to see, you know, chapter of Davy's thoughts, chapter of Paxton's thoughts, you know, and kind of alternate between everybody. And, you know, even, even if, you know, one of them only gets one chapter or whatever, I think that would make it, it would really bring it together. You know what type of what type of books I love is when you have the main character, so in, in this case is Davy, and it's very everything is from her perspective. I've read a book and I can't remember which one it is, but that goes to another perspective, but it's the same scene that mm-hmm. Davy had just been a part of, but from the other character's perspective. So it's not chronological, but it goes back and forth and back and forth so that you can experience the characters in each situation. So if it's like, say it's Davy interacting, you know, telling Paxton like, hey, do you want to have sex with me? Then it would, it would, the next chapter would be Paxton walking, you know, rocking past Davy and Davy being like, oh, you want to have sex with me? And he'd be, yes. you know, hear his most thoughts on that same scene. Um, and but the dialogue would be Right, we need but but the dialogue would be the same, and I just think that that would be really, really interesting. So I agree. No, I agree, and I I think that that's such a cool thing to see. I think it would be great because Paxton, like, I truly think he likes her, but I don't think he he doesn't know that he likes her through the whole thing. So I think that would be such an interesting thing to read. Would be Paxton being like, like, oh yeah, like she's cool, she's this, she's that. Why am I thinking of her so much? Right. Having that thought. Right. Why and even I- as the reader, having that kind of, you know, because in the show, we kind of see like, oh, he kind of, he looks like he might like her, his mannerisms or body language, but we don't know his innermost thoughts. But even if he's not explicitly thinking, oh my God, I like her, as a reader, we can infer these things a lot easier by reading their innermost thoughts, like the little things that he says, like, like if he notices her her shirt or the way her hair is done or whatever, we can kind of infer that versus body language in a TV show. Exactly. So. Yes. And I that's that's such a beautiful thing about books is that when you're in someone's innermost thoughts, you know when they like someone. You know when they – like maybe in shows they might be able to re, like write it and be like, oh, no, no, I never meant for it to be like that. It's like, oh, BS, you didn't. But right. but when it's a book, you can't you can't run away from it. So that's that's the beautiful thing about books. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's not often that we're talking about a show and wishing that it was a book. You know, like there's that doesn't usually happen. Usually, everything tends to be based on there's some sort of source material. You know, whether it be a play that's being turned into a movie or a book being turned into a movie or a show or whatever, you know, even like freaking Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was based off of a book within a book. It's referenced in Harry Potter, like very briefly, you know, once or twice. And they made a whole movie out of that, you know, and they made, or they made a little book about it and then they made a movie about it. But this would do really, really well as a book or a book series even. Because I mean, 
just the whole show could probably be two books, two or three books with how much is going on, you know, and just all of Davy's innermost thoughts, I think would probably build, build a lot of, um, word count <laughs> there. Yes. But then, but then you would also, I think that the funny thing is you'd also miss out on, uh, John McEnroe. Uh, I did think of that because that is such an interesting, obviously an interesting choice for a narrator, but it works. It really does. It does. It adds like this level of like humor that mm-hmm. you would definitely lose in a book for sure. Because you can't just say like, oh, I'm John. You can't read a book that says like, I'm John McEnroe. Like no one knows who that is or what his voice would sound like unless you've watched the show or know who John McEnroe is. Exactly. I didn't know who he was before I watched this show. No, I didn't so. either. No. And if you think about like at the very end of the entire thing, right, where she runs into John McEnroe, she's like, holy crap, yes. you're John McEnroe. <laughs> like that was one of those moments where she was like, it was a sign, right? It was a right. sign. It was like it, this. It's like this is my dad. It was like my dad sent me here, sent him to me, and then John McEnroe was actually the one that got their attention and stopped right. them from, you know, continuing until Davy got down there. So you'd lose that whole bit, and I think that right. that was such a powerful thing that it would be very totally. sad to lose. So I would one hundred and ten percent read this as a book. But I think that as a show, it really does have some powerful um, additions. Yes, completely agree. Guys, do you agree? Never yes. have I ever. Talk to us. Tell us. Do you, would you read this as a book? Now, if you say no. You're wrong. Just, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> but we will still listen even if you say no. But you guys, that's it. Uh, definitely watch Never Have I Ever. And you guys, let us know. Uh, remember to rate, uh, review, and subscribe. We would love to hear what you guys think. Uh, what Also, if you think that there's something we can do better, please let us know. We're here. Or We're you, all about it. Or if you have any recommendations, any books that you want to hear us talk about, we want to hear it. We love recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are excited to um, – oh, also announcing that we are um, launching stickers yes. um, that are ca- that say read a book. And it's three read a books uh, in line in different uh, varying colors. We have a pink color scheme, blue, green, and purple. Um, so those will be launching um, in the near future. So follow us on Instagram to see any updates on that and to see if you are interested in any of these stickers. We're very excited to launch them. And that's it from us. That has been Kayla. And that was Lindsay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>